Way late for you, my man. My, my apologies. How are you, sir? Oh, no, no problem. It's, uh, it's a hectic week. I, um, I tell people all the time I'm uh, not a fan of the early signing day because of uh, I don't like it for college football. Selfishly for me, it's just thrown in in the middle of things, but it's, it's made it uh, all the more hectic with uh, a lot of it as it's become the main signing day. Now it becomes it just throws in another another the end of the NFL season, bowl season, coaching searches, you know, getting ready for the all star um uh, uh, draft prospect games. Let's just have early sign days. Well, why not? <laughs> hey, Chris, you and I were going back and forth on text yesterday. You are going to be breaking down a lot of AM's players from a scouting perspective, what you saw here, whoever signs tomorrow. Uh, what are some things that you have on tap? Yeah, we'll be breaking down. Obviously, we're just going to go ahead and wait till they all officially sign. Uh, and then obviously, I'll have a complete breakdown on every player that they sign. Um, because I've looked at most of the film, um, and there's some that, that I haven't if, if there's some surprises or what have you, I will, uh, I will look at the, um, you know, that film and get that up there. I do a lot of, uh, uh, consulting work for college programs and looking at certain players. I probably look at maybe 1500 players nationally, no more than that. So when it gets and it, it's basically off of what the college coaches asked me to do. So, you know, I don't have time to look at 3000 players. I have to do that for all the NFL prospects, but, um, I, yeah, we'll have everybody that's that, that the Aggie sign a complete, you know, scouting breakdown of what the film shows of what the skill sets are, the players. Um, obviously I don't know the, I know some of the players, Personally, most of what I know of the rest of them comes from the coaches that actually get to know them and their families, which, by the way, is the most important thing. You know, as we get into it, not to throw cold water on tomorrow for everybody, but everybody always says, who is the best class? You don't know who the best class is to three years from now, you know, because you don't know who's going to be there. It's like a draft class. It's like a, a coaching search or anything, particularly in today's world. What if eight guys? of any particular class that these, these schools signed tomorrow, what if eight of them end up going to the transfer portal? I mean, we just saw that SEC. So what, you know, how you rank the class if say eight or 10 of them are not there in two years and, and who is replacing them. So it's, it's great for a lot of talk. It doesn't really tell you what you need to know. What you need to know is going to come to, you know, and you're not going to really be able to evaluate this class until about three years. All right, so let's talk a little bit about what you just said there about the transfer portal. Zach Calzada is leaving A&M. You've got Max Johnson leaving LSU. Bo Nix is going to leave Auburn. you got Spencer Rattler coming in to the SEC, entering South Carolina. Start off with Zach and just so work your way through, if you can, just about what this transfer portal has done to college football. Well, I think it's a mess. Um, I think it's fine for players to have the right to transfer, but – the problem with college football, I don't want to get too big picture here, but the problem is the calendar of college football and the lack of organization in college football. Having spent 30 plus years in the NFL, the, the one thing I think we really get right is that there's a time and a structure with everything. There's no organizational structure in college. Yeah, let's have early signing day and let's have any kid can leave anytime they want for, you know, and now you let's, let's throw in NIL. So, why wouldn't any kid go into the portal now and see if somebody might give him a couple of dollars more because 
they may he may be more in the eyes of another school, a better player than where you are. And so, you know, you're talking about continuity. You're talking about or lack thereof. I, I just there's there's really no structure in organization to it. I mean, Jack's, I think, a tough kid. I think he's got a lot of physical skills. Um, you know, needs time to be developed somewhere. Where is he going to go? It's normally my experience coaching is most guys that wanted to transfer usually were better off when they didn't. Now, particularly at the quarterback position, it's almost to the ridiculous level. You're, you're going to have a hard time uh, developing and managing your roster when you're, you're going to have to recruit guys and stagger them in classes and have to work to get ready. But when you have an injury like AM had this year, if you don't have a quality backup that's ready to go, you end up eight and four instead of 10 and two. It's just as simple as that. The quarterback position is that important. Well, how do you do that? How do you get a quality backup? The NFL, we do it. We kind of know there's a quality backup. We maybe have a young guy. In college, you're going to have to do this now with, with talking to a lot of coaching buddies in college. You pretty much have to sign a guy that's a quality backup but none of them want to be a backup. They all want to be a starter because there are more places they can go. So if you're a guy that would be a really good quality backup for a, a program like an AM, well, you'd probably be a really good starter at a Conference USA program. And so it's hard to, you know, to get the right mix of managing your roster. I, I think it's a mess. I, I think it's a mess for everyone. Now, the school can sit there and also push guys into the portal by basically saying we want to use that scholarship somewhere else but at the quarterback position good luck having a a a second and third option you can turn to that's ready chris let's talk about the bowl game for a&m and what it means so zach is gone he's not going to be available you have on your roster blake boast who's a walk on you've got haynes king who you know if you listen to billy he's not giving up hope that haynes could have a chance to potentially play but coming off an injury, and Jimbo said last week he didn't expect them to play. Uh, you got Eli Stowers, who's now working out with the tight ends all season long, hasn't played quarterback. How does Jimbo get this team to play in a bowl game with those question marks? Yeah, you've got a couple teams now that are in that situation. LSU's in that situation. They've got Nussmeyer, but if they play him a snap, he loses a redshirt year. It's a mess. So, yeah, let's throw in the bowl games into it. And I realize that the bowl games – don't seem to matter to a lot of folks if they're not the playoff games, which is another matter altogether. So yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it's, it's a good question. Don't have any answers at this point because it's looking bleak there uh, in terms of, you know, who's, who's going to be there. Uh, I don't know, you know, you, the coaches there think, you know, things are going well with Haynes and the rehab. I, I don't know. Obviously that, that is, got to get clearance and to me it's not a question of whether he's just gotten clearance medically but does he give enough reps and if he if he does and he can get some practice work you know it's it's certainly good quality work to get him there but has he been cleared and uh does he do any further risk of harm he can always get injured but you do you do any further well they're not going to put him out there if that is not completely cleared. So I don't really have the answer, but that's probably the answer if he is cleared. If not, it's going to be interesting for a few of these teams because they're not the only one in this situation. Uh, Chris, I'm going to ask you an unfair question. we got a minute left. 
Uh, Elko leads for Duke, okay? So any names out there that intrigue you to potentially take over there at the defensive coordinator spot? Yeah, no, there's there's a there's a number of them that I think are really good. Um, I'm not real comfortable with there. There's one in particular that that I've talked with them about that I think would be really two of them that I think would be really good fits. Um, I think I think Jimbo's got a pretty good idea where he's going to go, but uh, I'm gonna you know that's obviously timing wise. He'll probably announce that. Well, I don't know when he's going to announce it. Let's just let him do it. But I, he has a, I'll just say this. He's got a pretty good handle on what he wants, what he needs, and who he can get. So we're going to be in good hands is what you're saying to us. I, 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 I think so. And you never know. Do a lot of this coaching search stuff. The deal's not done until it's done. But um, I, I know certainly there are a couple of guys that I think would be really good fits that would pick things up well. Uh, and then obviously, you know, um, we'll see if that works out. And I think the biggest thing is is how everything is going to mesh with the staff. Um, and I, I think things are progressing in a positive direction. I, I'll say that not to be cryptic, but I'll be I'll I'll leave it there for now. Well, Chris, they took on some D.C.s this year that I think would consider an upgrade to come to Texas A&M. So if those candidates are out there or anywhere in college football, I think uh, getting this potentially number one class and what's already in place could be a, a big gig. Chris, we appreciate you, sir. And uh, make sure everybody checks out LandryFootball.com for all the latest and greatest scouting reports out there. Thank you, sir. Hey, thanks a bunch. Take care.